Hello, thanks for tuning in to a special Independence Day episode of the Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast. I'm Rebecca Wilhelm. I'm Mary Quigley. And I'm Hope Wilhelm. Join us as we dive into the spookier side of the Hoosier State. So what comes to your mind when you think of Indiana? Do you think of corn? Do you think of basketball? Do you think of the Indianapolis 500? Maybe you think of famous celebrities who were born in Indiana like John Mellencamp or Michael Jackson. But as the saying goes, there is more than corn in Indiana. 92 counties make up the Hoosier State. In this podcast, we are going to discuss some Indiana folklore from each of these counties. If you're into tall tales, ghosts, or spooky legends, then this is a podcast you are not going to want to miss. This legend comes from Vincennes, which is in Knox County, Indiana. From 1730 to 1812, Vincennes was the capital of the Indiana Territory. The 26-acre George Rogers Clark National Historical Park is located in downtown Vincennes along the banks of the Wabash River. The park was built on the site of Fort Sackville, which was a British military post and the site of a battle during the Revolutionary War. While it's true that America declared her independence on July 4, 1776, many people do not realize that the Revolutionary War carried on for many years afterward, and it did not officially end until 1783. Many are surprised to find out that the Revolutionary War was fought this far west. Fort Sackville was the site of one of the most important battles in late February of 1779. This battle is what allowed for the expansion of the United States into the West and cemented Commander George Rogers Clark's place in American history. On Memorial Weekend each year, there are as many as 20,000 people who flock to the park for what is known as the Spirit of Vincennes Rendezvous. This event, which has been going on since 1977, has grown into one of the largest Revolutionary War events in the United States. The event features lots of Revolutionary War reenactments. The very large monument and the museum are a great place to learn about the beginnings of what would help form the state of Indiana. However, if you visit the site alone, you may want to listen closely and pay attention to your footsteps. It is said that if you are very quiet, you may just hear the sound of the soldiers from long ago. Many have reported the sounds of footsteps walking or the sounds of marching while visiting the site. In this episode, we are going to discuss the siege of Fort Sackville and the spirits it may have left behind. As I have been talking about this episode with several people, I've been surprised to find out that many people are unaware that the Revolutionary War was not over in 1776. 
Well, while doing this episode, I was very surprised to also learn that it went on for about seven years. I never realized that battles were fought until 1783. I think that's a common misconception. 1776 was just when the U.S. declared itself separate. I also think that when people think of the Revolutionary War, you know, they don't get a picture in their mind of Indiana or of any place in the Midwest. That's very true. You usually have a mental picture of places out on the East Coast. According to the American Battlefield Trust website, most of the major battles of the Revolutionary War were fought in New York, New Jersey, and South Carolina, but there were over 200 smaller battles that were fought in Tennessee, Arkansas, Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, Alabama, and Florida before they were states. And that's very true. Indiana, though, is home to a Revolutionary War battlefield. And the battle was known as the Siege of Fort Vincennes, or the Battle of Vincennes, or the Siege of Fort Sackville. I've heard it referred to several different names. But it was a battle that was fought in what we now know as the city of Vincennes, Indiana. So the British had a fort along the banks of the Wabash River on the location where the large monument stands in Vincennes today. The fort was called Fort Vincennes. I have also seen it referred to as Fort Sackville. I remember us going to Vincennes and seeing the large monument. It's huge. The George Rogers Clark Monument is the largest monument in the country that was built on a battlefield in the U.S. This is according to a May 22, 2015 Indie Star article that was written by Tim Evans entitled, How a Forgotten Indiana Battle Opened Way to the West. So before we get into some of the ghost stories, I think it's important for us to discuss a little bit of the history of that site, just so you get an idea of the things that have occurred on the land there. Lieutenant Colonel George Rogers Clark was the older brother of William Clark. You may recall that name because William Clark was part of the Lewis and Clark expedition. George Rogers Clark was stationed about 180 miles from Vincennes. Americans were concerned with the British having the fort at Vincennes, They feared that the fort would allow the British to become stronger in the frontier. Clark and other Americans made the decision to try to seize the fort, and it took Clark 17 days walking through the forest and river swampland to reach Vincennes. This occurred in February of 1779, which according to the American Battlefield Trust website was not a very cold winter, but it was very wet. Clark had a group of 172 French and American militiamen with him. The neatest part of the battle is that Clark was able to position his men in such a way to make his army seem larger than it really was. So one source I read said that he made the British think he had an army of at least 1,000 men ready to capture the fort. And that I find to be just hilarious that he could use it to his advantage and make it appear that he had more people with him than he really had. Yes, this is very true. Vincent's town people helped Clark and his men with firearms and ammunition. Piankashaw Indian chief, Young Tobacco, even lent 100 of his own men to assist George Rogers Clark. It's amazing to me that in this battle that Clark's men didn't have any loss of life. Yes, but the British had 11 of their men killed and had five of them wounded. According to the American Battlefield Trust website, There were five Americans killed when they fired a cannon as a salute to the win. The website says that Clark's men had captured a British cannon and that it had been tampered with. Yes, that cannon ended up going off and exploding. And when it did, it killed five of the Americans. 
So for a battle, it had a relatively little loss of life. Well, there were also four Native Americans killed by Clark in the siege. And this is correct. The story on the American Battlefield Trust website called the group a war party of Native Americans and French Canadians. And they had entered the town and they were unaware of the American occupation of the fort. Apparently, Clark and his men got into an argument with this group. Clark captured four Native Americans and two of the French Canadians. So Clark ended up releasing the two French Canadians, but the four Native Americans he had killed by tomahawk. Why would he do that? The website says that this group was responsible for Native American raids that were common to occur during this time. Well, Clark saw this as a way to get revenge for the raids, and he also saw it as a deterrent to others from raiding the fort or the frontier. It is considered one of the most controversial and brutal episodes to occur during frontier times. Wow, that's crazy. And it really does seem crazy, but it's also hard to imagine being in that war and living through the times of trying to set the country up. So over the years, there are many people who have had some crazy experiences out at the site. Mom has shared her experience with me before, and wow, is it creepy. Well, I will share my experience with you. I first visited the site when I was a student at Vincent University in the fall of 96. And I have always visited with a group of other people during that time. I loved the monument. It's just seemed really neat. It's a cool place. I ended up visiting it again by myself in the spring of 97. I was taking a photography class at the time and I needed to do a project on pictures of nature. So I ended up just taking a day to myself and walking up to the monument and taking pictures as I went. When I got up there to the monument though, something creepy happened to me. As I walked along the sidewalk and around the monument, kept getting the feeling of being followed or watched. And I looked behind me, didn't see anybody around. But as I walked... I started noticing that I could hear what sounded like footsteps walking just behind me. It would stop when I stopped, but the weird thing was it would stop like a beat behind me. So I would stop and then I would hear like a footstep or two and then it would stop. Every time I looked back, there was nobody around me. I went back to the dorm and I asked several people if they had ever experienced that. And I was told it was the sound of the soldiers up there marching and walking. Since then, I'd also searched online and saw other people who have had the same exact experience that I have had. Wow. What do you think it was? That's really unsettling. And it was unsettling. I can tell you it did make the hair on my arms stand up. And I don't know for sure what it was. There's many theories out there to try to explain what I experienced. So there are some people who think it is the ghost of the soldiers. Others claim it's only the concrete. You have the Wabash River just right next to it. And they say it's just the sound of your own footsteps kind of being bounced between the sound of the river and the concrete makes it sound like someone's walking with you. There are several other people who I've seen online say they've experienced the sound of the footsteps out there. Something else that I found online was several people saying that they experienced seeing the ghosts of George Rogers Clark and his men in boats on the river. And I actually heard that legend while at Vincennes from a girl who lived down the hall from me. And she thought... It could be what is known as a residual haunting, where it's not a real ghost that interacts with you, but just 
the environment playing back an event that occurred. Can you imagine looking out at the river and seeing that? I would think that I was going crazy. Well, one of the other things that's been commented on a lot is how eerily quiet it is up there. That is very true. It is quiet. And it is. It's very quiet. Every time I've been up there over the years, especially if you do find yourself up there all alone. Now, I'm sure during the Spirit of Incense rendezvous or during a large event, it's probably not like that. People have also commented on the bridge near the monument being strange. The one going into Illinois? Yeah, I have heard that the bridge is haunted as well. When I was in school, there was reports of people seeing blue orbs that would appear in pictures that they had taken of the bridge. I've also seen this online on some of the message boards and things. And one of the weird things is while I was in school, there were always these rumors that there was a Satanist group, some type of cult that was operating on the Illinois side of the bridge. But I have never found evidence of that being for sure. I've heard that too. Well, the whole area has such a long history and it's so connected to the forming of our nation that I think it's really easy to just pick up on all of the charged energy in a place like that. No one knows for sure what is going on at the George Rogers Clark Memorial. If you find yourself in Vincennes, be sure to see the monument. Even if you do not experience the spirits, you will learn a lot about Indiana history and an important part of the forming of Indiana Territory and our nation's beginnings. Please be respectful if you visit and visit only during park hours. Have you had any experiences at the George Rogers Clark Memorial Historical Park? We would love to hear about it. Please send us an email to Legends at gmail.com. We may use it in a later episode. In the email, let us know if you wish to remain anonymous. To see our source of material, please visit our website, HoosierMythsAndLegends.com. Please find us and follow us on Facebook or on Instagram. Our theme song was written and recorded by Wet Blanket. The song title is Taxidermy Racecar. Wet Blanket is frontman Joseph Carpenter, lead guitar Earl Wilhelm, rhythm guitar Joshua Carpenter, bass Parker Warman, and drums Christian Kittle. We hope you enjoyed this Independence Day special of the podcast. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us through. Thank you for tuning in to Who's Your Missing Legends. As always, stay spooky.